and I don't, I'm not saying I have it all figured out. I'm not saying that our church is the perfect church, but I am, I am very confident that our church is one of the closest resemblances of the biblical church. And I, I can use the Bible. I should be able to use the Bible to prove that I am a part of the real church. And it would do you a lot of good for you to study to make sure you're going to and you're a part of the real church. And, of course, if you're already a member of our church, then, you know, that's good. But you need to become that church, not just attend the church. You can go to the real church and not be the real church. So it's not good enough to just find the real church. You've got to become the real church. Because God is using all of us to be the church. We've got a purpose and a mission. And we're all happier when we're the real church. And we all love coming when we're the real church. And there's miracle signs and wonders when we're the real church. And I want to be the real church. How about you? I don't want to be my version of the church. I don't want to be some cool version of the church, some cultural relative version of the church. I want to be the biblical version of the church. So we're going to start a series, and it's going to be very simple. You can do it when you get home if you want to join with me in this journey. I just I looked up the word church in the New King James Version search, and I'm going to go in order, chronological order, of every time the word church was used. We're not going to miss one detail. I'm not going to leave anything out. And I'm hoping people who are watching online that are hungry, that watch our services, Maybe you, you don't know what kind of church you should go to. Maybe you haven't found the church yet. Uh, maybe you're going to a church that you feel like something's missing. And I want you to have this information. And I want you to know and have confidence that you're doing the right thing. I also want to measure myself by it. I want to be accountable to the Word of God. Anything that I'm not doing in this study, I want to add to it. If I find something that we could do better at here at AFC, we're going to do better at it. But we're going to study together. And then on Wednesday nights, be here on Wednesday nights. I haven't announced Wednesdays very much. I just assume you all know, but maybe I should talk about it. We have church on Wednesday nights. Half of you know. But if you would like to come get something different than you don't get on Sunday, extra, come on Wednesday nights. Uh, this is an old-fashioned thing. A lot of churches have shut down Wednesday nights. We're not shutting down Wednesday nights. We might do more. We're not going to do less. So make the drive, get out here, come on your work clothes, come stinky, come hungry, do whatever you got to do, get you some coffee. I'm worried about my work clothes. Don't worry about that. Jesus doesn't care about your work clothes. I don't care about your work clothes. In fact, I think there's something special about the anointing of grease on your hands. Because that anointing of grease on your hands says, I'm not going to stop miss church for anything. I just put the alternator on for the Edgar, and I don't care. I'm coming in anyway. I'm going to, these, these greasy hands are a, we're blessing to God. God loves that, those greasy hands and those, those stinky armpits. What is it that I smell? It is the moving of the Spirit of God. So coming on Wednesday nights, I'm starting a series on being offended. And I'm going to take the Bible word for offense, not the cultural words, the Bible word for offense. Did you know Jesus was offended? I want to be offended like he was, not like people in traffic. That's silly. If I'm going to use my energy of being offended, it's going to be very holy and righteous. Jesus was offended, and I want to be offended like him because obviously he's not wrong. So it's okay to be offended the right way. 
But that's every Wednesday night. We're going to start a series on being offended, and we're going to study that, and I hope it will help you. I know it will help you. Matthew 16 and 13, then Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi. He asked his disciples, saying, who do men say that I am? I, the Son of Man, am. So they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, others Jeremiah, and one of the prophets. He said unto them, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, you are the Messiah, you are the one we've been waiting on. The son of the living God. He had the revelation that Jesus was not just the son of man. He was the son of God. He was more than a prophet. And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. This is a spiritual revelation, and you're blessed for believing that and knowing that. And he complimented Peter. And Peter was right. But look what it says in verse 18. And also I say to you that you are Peter, and that means rock, Petra. That means rock. You're a rock. And on this rock, some believe it could be Peter, but I kind of believe it's the connection between Peter and the truth. I believe it's a bridge that when we believe right, that God can build on us. Because look what it says. It says, and on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades or hell shall not prevail against it. Does everybody see the word church there? This is the first time the word church is used in the Bible. And the first matters. First matters. The first time church is defined for the first time, for the first time, here's how it was described. And you're going to be able to take down the gates of hell with it. That is the beginning of our series. This church is built by Jesus, and it is a hell-gate-breaking church. If we're nothing else, it's built by Jesus, and hell can't stop us. You want to be in the real church? That's the real church. That's who we are look at it. He keeps saying stuff. He says, and I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. He's going to give authority and power to you, Peter. And then he commanded his disciples that they should not tell anybody that Jesus was the Christ because it wasn't time yet for anybody else to know. This is so powerful. And I'm, I'm going to really enjoy this, this series that we're in. And I believe it will bless you. Everybody say in Jesus' name. You can be seated. I'm glad you're here. Defining the real church. We want to find out what the real church is. Part one. Some, some people come to church and they'll visit. Maybe our, our guests will visit. And they'll try us out and, and go through the service. And, and sometimes they will say to themselves or to their friends and family who are with them, Hey, what would you think about that church? And sometimes they'll be like, I like that church. Uh, sometimes they'll say, it was pretty good. And sometimes they'll say, well, that church is just not for me. That church is not for me. That church does not fit me. I'm looking for a church that fits me. 
I'm looking for a church that kind of fits my desires. I'm looking for a church that has what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a church that fits my future plans. And I'm going to keep trying churches until I find one that I like. I mean, never mind the fact that the church is true or not. I want to find me a church I like. Who cares if the church is truth? I don't like it. Who cares if the church is biblical? I don't like it. It doesn't matter to me if the church is right according to Scripture or it will take me to heaven. I just don't like it. So I'm going to keep looking. I'm going to keep searching for a church that fits me. Who's the God there? Who's really in charge there? How is a Christian who claims to be submitted to God searching for a church that fits me, that's all about me? Do they have a big gym for my kids? Because that's important. Um, are people really nice there? Well, yeah, they're as nice as Jesus. Sometimes he had to get on to people. Yeah, I mean... What are you looking for in a church? Shouldn't you be looking for a church that is biblical regardless of how it makes you feel? Shouldn't you be wanting to find a church that's accurate in the Scripture? Over, oh, that's such a pretty atmosphere that I feel. Boy, their singers are good. I could go back to that church. It really is sad that a lot of churches have to have good music to grow. Y'all, how shallow are we? Ah, the music's not that good there. I think I'll go somewhere else. The preaching's biblical, but the music. There's an echo. Echo, echo, echo. Um, I just, it's kind of cold. It's kind of cold in here today, isn't it? Maybe it's just me. It's just, it's kind of cold in that church. It's kind of hot. Or, but it doesn't matter that the truth is being preached. It doesn't matter that they stand on the words. It's just, that church just doesn't seem to fit us, our family, you know, we're different. <laughs> we got to have it a certain way. That doesn't sound at all like someone submitted to God. That doesn't sound anything like someone who's broken before the Lord saying, lead me, Father. That sounds very selfish. And that's why I truly believe that people, they've got to have a desire for truth to really love the real church. Uh, people will say well, that church is loud, that church is too quiet. And there are loud churches and there are quiet churches. And they'll be like, well, people are mean there. Are people really nice there? But I will say to you that every church is a little different. And there are churches that love to shout. And we're a pretty loud church, but there are some even louder than us. I've seen videos on YouTube that, of people running around and then jumping in the baptistry tank. They got so excited they were praising God. Anybody seen that one? It's gone viral. Little, little country church, man, they're having church. They're throwing down. And what's so funny is they're just sitting there like this until all of a sudden, I guess the Holy Ghost kind of taps them on the shoulders and says, go. And they'll just get up and just go, and they'll run like zero to 100. And one guy one time in some video, <laughs> thank God for live streaming, a lot of entertainment. But he just felt the Holy Ghost so strong. It was a low baptistry tank. He ran up, ran around, ran around, ran out of places to go. He didn't know where to go. Ended up jumping the baptistry tank with all his clothes on. You, you, we're not the craziest church <laughs> there are churches that are crazier than ours. And then there's churches that are really quiet. They're like, like if you talk, it's disrespectful. 
hey, be quiet, bro. God's here. Don't talk. He likes it like this. Now, I kind of get that, right? I'm a dad. I've been in a minivan with kids. Like, I kind of understand the blessing of quiet. But I'm pretty sure God doesn't have nerve problems like me. (laughs) I'm pretty sure he can handle it. In fact, the Bible never says when we gather together, be quiet. The Bible talks about being loud. The Bible talks about how we should shout to God with a voice of triumph. You can't give God glory being quiet. Now, there is a time to be quiet, but it's, it's not now. The time to be quiet is in your, you know, there's moments of prayer where you're reflecting, you're meditating, and you're like, need to be quiet, let God speak. Okay, there's time to be quiet. But for the most part, when you go to church during worship, there's loud churches. But then there are quiet churches, and people say, I want a loud church, I want a quiet church. You've got to stop all that. I want a biblical church. Stop this style thing. Read the Bible. Well, I don't have to read the Bible because it doesn't matter. It kind of does. The word church started in the Bible. So we wouldn't even have an idea, Brother Dale, of what the church is if it wasn't for the Bible. Well, I'm going I'm to come up with a church. You can't without the Bible because the Bible invented church. So anybody who calls himself a church, if they're not biblical, is not a church. So you have to be biblical, and it doesn't matter about about the style of the church or the carpet or the shape and design. People will go to a church because the church looks cool. People have told me I drove by. It's a nice, pretty building. I'm going to try it out. We could be sacrificing animals in here right now. <laughs> Who cares what our screen looks like? But people, it's amazing, y'all. People are so visual and sensual these days. Pretty draws them in. I- I've had people tell me, Brother Green, you've got to get some good curb appeal people will come to church with good curb appeal. And I'm like, that's sad. If I have flowers, people will come to church? What kind of people are we drawing in? You just need to get you a few rich folks. The more rich folks will come. Really? I got to have rich folks for rich folks to go find Jesus? Are they looking for Jesus or looking for connections? And I just thought it was so sad because I, I could become a business manager and make this place really cool, and I could do that. And we probably would have a big crowd, but it wouldn't be a church. The gates of hell are not afraid of our projector. The gates of hell are not afraid of our cool sound system. The gates of hell are not afraid of our paint color options and our foyer decorations. The gates of hell will not be shattered because of all of our decor and our cool red Nord piano. Stage three plays like a dream. Our 4K cameras aren't scary to the devil. A bunch of cool people on the platform with straight teeth and cool coordinated clothes This weekend, we're wearing beige tones. That's really cool, man. The devil doesn't care. That's not the church. That's a bunch of businessmen building a congregation of social people in the name of Jesus. That's not what we're trying to build here at Austin First Church. I'm not a hypocrite. The name church is on the sign. We're going to be a church or shut it down. We are going to be the real 
accurate, defined church. Jesus is coming back for the church, not a bunch of people in the building. You better be careful thinking you're saved based on where you are. One shall be in the bed and the other taken. One shall be in the field and the other taken. One shall be on the platform and the other taken. Don't you feel saved because of where you are and who you're sleeping with? Or where you're working and who you're working with? Y'all, we've got to be the real church. That's what this is all about. What's the real church? What's it divine? Tell your friends, I don't just go to church. I'm trying to go the real one. Everybody knows somebody going to church somewhere in town. But at some point, you've got to be like, what kind of church is yours? What do you mean, what kind of church is yours? Is it biblical? Well, yeah, it's biblical. Well, prove to me. It doesn't seem anything like the Bible. And that's what our journey is. That's what we're trying to do. So let me tell you something about what's happening in America and around probably around the world, mainly in America with churches. And this has been studied. There's a lot of data these days on this. But there are two popular churches that are still growing in attendance these days in America. Two types of churches. And the one that probably we know most obviously is the one that is the megachurch model. Everything is really modern. Everything's really cool. Everybody has like, you know, they try to dress really cool. Like, Isaac, come up here. Will you mind come up here for a second? I want to show people like what pastors dress like these days when they preach. Come here. <laughs> am, I, am I right? This is like he could be the pastor of, the, of a really cool church in Austin somewhere. But you look good, bro. I'm not, I'm not dissing you. You look good. But, but you're a young man. And there are pastors in their 60s trying to dress like this to try to relate to you. I don't know, that kind of creeps me out, bro. If I rolled up in here looking like you, it might kind of creep you out a little bit. But what's happening is, is, is these days, the most popular growing churches are the ones that are trendy. And they have cool, you can go, I'm sorry, man, I'm done. <laughs> I could just keep preaching with them up here, but. And, and so what's growing these days, just look at YouTube, look at, you can, you can look at everything. Everything's out there now. It, it's, it's cool churches, they have cool buildings, and I, I love them. They're awesome. I mean, I love their designs. They're so cool. I'm not dissing that. I just, it just can't be the priority. And boy, they, they spend a lot of money on that, and they have think tanks, and they have like artists come in, and they have engineers, and they have architects, and they're like, we have to make this stimulating to the senses. And everything's on purpose. Like every light is like helping the worship. You know, in the Old Testament, there was a Shekinah glory that would come in. It was a cloud. And they knew God was there. God was the original smoke machine in church. And worship's how you turned it on. And the first smoke machine that ever came on the Bible was moved through worship and pure hearts and holy living, not through sound systems, money, and rich donors. I, I want a fog in this place to come from heaven. I want heaven to come down, not fog to go up. I want the glory of God to descend on this place because of the worship of God. That's what I want. I want you to know the difference in stage theatrics and the Holy Ghost anointing. I want a real church to be right here in Del Valley on the east side of Austin so that when people come in, they know it is the Lord thy God moving in the atmosphere. You need to have experiences with Jesus where you know it was God moving and not the atmosphere. We're ne we've never been smarter than we are right now. We know how to create a theatrical movement. 
This Taylor Swift lady can put the show together and make a billion. She's a billionaire now. And she has learned, her, her people have learned how to stimulate a crowd. All the concerts are stimulation. And the whole crowd loves the beat and the light and the, and the dance. And everything's all just created to try to pull you in and give you this, this feeling, this sense. But that's a people that are sensual. Those are carnal people. And that's their anointing. And that's their worship service. And they pay $350 for a ticket to fill what we felt here today in five minutes of lifting up the name of Jesus. Oh, I see lights. I see his light. I see smoke. It's his smoke. There is glory. There is movement. This place may seem like it's dull, but it's not. I don't need lights moving all over my walls. I don't need lights flowing all over this place to feel the movement of God. I'm the one that came to move. I'm the one that came to shout. I am the one dancing for the Lord. The light, hey, the light won't take my place. The smoke won't take my place. The rock won't take my place. Jesus said the rocks would cry out if we got quiet. It's not the will of God for anything to be moving in the worship service except for you and for me. Let this mouth shout. Let these hands wave. Let these feet dance. We're the movement in the Spirit of God. Let's give the Lord praise right now. Come on, let's praise Him. Church is never dead when we're alive. Church is never dead when the Spirit is moving in us. We are the movement in the church. Thank you, Jesus. Man, I feel the Lord here in this place. That's what happens when you preach truth. God moves. So those churches are growing. They are. They're growing. And I don't know how they have the money they build in Austin, Texas. Millions. I'm talking 40, 50 million dollars. For a campus. People are given a bunch of money. And they figured out how to do it. And they're gorgeous and beautiful. And then, and then they have the most awesome music. But they're not anointed. I'm not trying to be rude. And I, it's going to sound like I'm knocking them. They don't know. They don't know what they're doing. They're just doing what they were taught in seminary. They were just doing what their mentors told them to do. They probably don't think anything of it. Hey, they're thinking it works. Let's save souls. That's what they're thinking. Right? That's fine, but, but it's different for us, you know? It's different. We, we want anointing in our music. Y'all, there was, I don't want to put anybody on black. There was a, there was a person, not from, not from this church, this was years ago, that when they would sing in church, they, they weren't that good. They weren't that talented. And I remember thinking, why does my wife use them? I know, it's, you can laugh. It's kind of funny. Isn't it? Some of y'all want to laugh. You're like, boom, boom, boom. But I thought to myself, why does my wife use them? It, it, it was funny. Now, now the Lord has showed me something, but it was funny. And I, I, would, I would think to myself, man, that's, they're not that good. But then I started to see that every time they would sing, the power of God would begin to move in the room. And it was like their voice not being 100% did not matter because their prayer life was so on point and their anointing was so strong that when they would sing, it was like the place would shake. And I began to forget about how, how bad they sang and I began to feel the glory of God and God made up the difference for the bad singing. And that's what the Lord does. The Lord makes up for the 
bad preaching. The Lord makes up for the bad piano playing. The Lord makes up for the walls that aren't so pretty. You see, when God gets involved, everything's better. Does that not encourage somebody right now who you didn't know if you could join the team because you're not the best singer but you might be the best prayer warrior? And if you can pray, that's something anybody can do. And that's something that God will flow through and God will use you. Pastor, I'm not the best preacher. I don't know. if I, You don't have to be the best preacher. You've got to be anointed. I mean, who takes rocks and slings to fight giants anyway? People who know the name of the Lord thy God. People who know that Philistine shall not defeat me. It's not about your talent. It's about the power of the Holy Ghost. Two types of churches growing. I can't get off the first one. We're learning a lot from this. God help us. I want to be physically fit. I want my teeth straight. That's all good. I want my hair right. I want to have some personality. I'm not scared of any of that. I just don't want that to be what draws people in. Jesus. I want to make sure I'm healthy and I'm taken care. I want our, our, our people up here to dress nice, iron their shirt. That's good. I love that. But the Bible says that we're the salt of the earth, not the sugar of the earth. Here's a cool revelation for you. <laughs> you ready for this, Jaden? When I have a lot of salt, people want water. When I have a lot of sugar, I just want more sugar. That's why the Bible says we're the salt of the earth. Because when you're the salt of the earth, people don't want more of you. They want more of Jesus. <laughs> When you build your church with sugar, people have to have more of you. And the clothes get tighter, and the jewelry gets bigger, and the sound systems get better. Because when you build a church on sugar, you got to give more sugar to keep people coming. But when you build your church on salt, people will pray more. When you build your church on salt, people will read their Bibles when they get outside of service. When you build your church on salt, they won't want more of the pastor. I just got to get on there and get his word right now. I ain't going to make it. You could make it if you had Jesus. Y'all feeling me today? We good? We're building a church here that's the salt of the earth, not the sugar of the earth. And I don't want this city attracted to me. I want to be close enough to them for them to want him. And we're doing something wrong in the church when people don't want more of Jesus. And if you're a minister right now and you want a ministry, here's how you minister. Become salty. Not like the bad way. Because there's a bad salty. That That means you're upset all the time. But become salty because when you're salty, people don't think you're special. They think he's special. When you're salty, people want to pray more. When, you're, when you leave, Jesus takes over. But we got a lot of ministries these days, a lot of churches these days that are sugar churches. Yeah. And they're sugar churches, and sugar churches will draw people in. And sometimes, if we're, if we're confused, sometimes we'll think their church is better because it has sugar and a big crowd. 
but you have got to make sure you understand the difference in a sugar church and salty church. And a salty church is a Jesus church. And a salty church puts Jesus first. And a salty church preaches Jesus and the word no matter if someone's offended or not. There are some scriptures I know they're hard to read and they're hard to preach, but we still got to preach them. And there's going to be times they're going to wish we didn't. But we're, we're a church of salt. So these other churches that are growing, they're sugar churches in my opinion. I'm not trying to disrespect them. They're doing the best that they probably know to do and they're not asking for help. They're just doing their thing. They've got a lot of money. They're blessed. They're rich. Well, they're blessed. They're rich. And they think things are great. They think they're saving souls. But and unfortunately, they're not, according to the Scripture. So I call it, uh, I call it the relevant party church, where they're going to have fun when they go to church, or they're not going to have a crowd. I'll prove it to you. You know what churches are shutting down right now? Gathering saints. Have a seat. Quiet before the Lord. Let's sing a song. Turn page 467. Shh, quiet. Laughter is not allowed in the house of the Lord. This is the place of sadness. Not joy. And people that are on the leadership team are going, how come we're not growing? I don't know. How come our young people don't want to go anymore? And so those churches are either shutting down. Literally, I'm not joking. It's sad. I traveled up north to Maine. That's where, that's where the church started. That's where a lot of churches, denominal churches, Baptist churches started up in Maine. In fact, I've got heritage that goes way back to one of the very first churches, I think, in the Boston area. One of my great, 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 great grandfathers was one of the signers and board members of one of the first churches in America. I looked up my, my heritage. But you know what's sad when you drive up there? Those churches are now community centers because up north they're godless, far more godless than the Bible Belt. And they've turned churches into businesses and into community centers where they show up and go knitting now. They knit or play bingo. There's no more power of God. Nothing's happening because churches like that either have to become party churches or they have to shut down. And it is a proven fact right now that many of those old denominations are shutting down. They cannot keep membership. We just heard yesterday from the general superintendent of the UPCI, who is the fellowship, uh, minister's fellowship that I belong to, the organization of ministers I belong to, and he has a ton of data, far more than me, and he mentioned this, this statistic that I mentioned to you today. And almost every church that used to grow is shutting down unless they do one of two things. Number one, unless they get cool lights, change their clothes, and have a party. Nobody's a sinner. You can't do anything wrong. Jesus loves you. Then they'll grow. Feel good. Trainings. How to make money. Um, how, to, how to have a good relationship with your wife. Practical life stuff. If they do that, they'll, people will come. Friendly. They'll come. If they don't do that, you will lose them. If you don't have a cool youth program, you'll lose them. And that, that's, that's what they're doing now. So that, that's what they have to do. But there's another church that's actually growing. And our general superintendent told us yesterday that it happens to be the church that we're a part of right now. And while you as saints are not technically members of the United Pentecostal Church International, it's for ministers, licensed ministers, you are a part of the UPCI indirectly because you are around the ministry of the UPCI. Our movement is growing every year. 
we are steady climbing and growing. COVID was almost break even because of COVID on attendance, but we have started to make up for that now. And we here at the UPCI are growing church just like this, just like this is growing. So here's what I'm saying. Churches that are very serious about the Bible and what it means are growing. Churches that are just playing with the Bible, having fun with it, are growing. You now have to pick the road if you're a Christian. Either you're serious about it or you're not serious. Either you're biblical or you're not. All churches are not biblical. And it's going to come down to the day where I'm predicting not prophesying, I'm predicting there'll be two kinds of churches in America, real ones and absolute fake ones. It's never going to be easier to figure out who the real one is. And it's going to be based on the Bible. So we're going to take a journey this next few weeks, and we're going to look at this. And you'll have to, have to pick a side. Or they have to pick a side to stay open. And the choice is either build a church for the people by the people or build a church for the kingdom by the king. Let me, let me close out with my text today. According to our text, the church that Jesus builds is not weak. And the first thing you learn about the church that Jesus is setting up is it's a strong church. It's a hell-gate-breaking church. So think about that for a second. Hell has a gate. And that gate is not meant for anything other than keeping people in and keeping us out. And hell has always had people who are lost. And here's how hell works. If you're not saved, you're if you're not going to heaven, then you're, you're destined for hell. So anyone who's not saved is virtually in hell. If you're not saved right now, you're going to hell. And there are gates that you're behind. You're bound and you're locked up. But the church has the power to tear down the barrier between us and lost people, the church that Jesus is building, the first definition was that it has the power to tear down the gates of Satan's kingdom. This church that we belong to has to have authority and power over satanic forces. We are not a weak church. We're a strong, mighty group of people. Somebody thank God right now that you're in a church that has authority and power over the gates of hell. Maybe you don't shout about that because you're out of, you're out of hell. But let me tell you about your lost loved ones. The gates of hell shall not prevail against your lost loved ones. Your father, your mother, your sister, your brother, your spouse are behind the gates, but the gates of hell shall not prevail against the real church. You ain't going to get them out of hell without being in the real church. And 
If you want to get people out of hell, you better get in the real church. If you want the power to get your lost loved ones, your friends and family and those in your neighborhood out of hell, you better get in the church that Jesus is describing and defining. He said, watch this, I will build my church. The second thing we learn, or first, doesn't matter, it's all together, is that not only is this church so powerful it can take down the gates of hell, but Jesus is building this church. Uh, Pastor, I think we should do this. It doesn't matter. Jesus is building this church. Well, Pastor, I think we should have this meeting. If we're not following the Spirit of the Lord, we're not right. You see, here's the thing about the church. I'm not in charge. I'm not in charge. Well, you're the pastor. I'm not in charge. Well, your name's on the paper. I'm not in charge. That's all just legal stuff. The Lord is building the church. And when he builds a church, look at the connection. Then we can take down gates of hell. There's the little, there's the little trick right there. You see, the reason we don't have power over the enemy is because we're not letting him build his church. When we start messing with the formula, we lose power. We become watered down and weak. We become a social club who gathers, has friends, plays golf. The real church is not a social gathering where we get to hang out, play Monopoly on Thursday nights. The real church is hell-breaking power. Hell-authority power. The real church goes into the east side of Austin. <laughs> I was talking to the guy who built my church. He's a, he's a great guy. He's a Mennonite, Mennonite preacher. And uh, he went and looked at that building over there, Brother Dale off Goodwin. You know what he said? He said, my God, you guys are over there in the devil's den. And I said, that's right. That's where I want to be. I said, thank you for the compliment. I'm going to the gates of hell. I'm going to the front door of hell. I'm going where the drugs and the prostitutes and the addictions. We're going to go in the name of Jesus. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. I'm not really in the church if I'm not fighting a gate somewhere. How you know you're in the church? Well, because I hang out with ladies and we do knitting. How you know you're in the church? Well, I sing. How you know in the church? Because well, I got this spot, I sit at it. No. How do you know in the church? Gates are coming down. Hell is retreating. Hell is on the defense. You're in the real church when we're taking territory away from hell. Any church not taking territory, it's not the real church. Not good enough to win our friends and family who already live good lives. Not good enough to join some club down the road. Well, everybody in my school goes to that church. I guess we'll go. Where is Satan crying in a corner somewhere? That's where the church is. Where are the gates coming down? That's where the church is. And we are the church because we are going to the devil's gates in East Austin where sin has abounded for far too long. And we're going in the name of Jesus and we're taking back territory. That's how you know you are at the right church. We may not have the nicest stuff, but we are going to get out there and have revival in the city. 
And we may not be able to can afford a new projector when this one goes out. I don't know. But we're going to have ourselves revival in the city. We might not have the nicest parking lot. There might be cracks, and our walls seem to be moving like crazy right now. But I think it's because the foundation is shaking, not just physically, but spiritually. I feel like God's trying to show us that there's a shift in the atmosphere. Somebody said, this building should not be doing that after this long. That's what they said. They said, these cracks, they shouldn't be showing up. This thing's had plenty of time to settle. No, I think we're just now getting settled. I think we're just now finding our stride. I think we're just now getting where we need to be. I think there's been a shift in the spirit and a shift in the physical, and now we know who we are. We're the church that goes and takes down gates. How many of you got family and friends right now that have gates stopping you? How many of you know someone right now that you've tried everything, but it feels like you've got satanic gates in the way and you can't break through? Let's get in this church. Let's be the real church and let's watch the gates of hell just fall down in Jesus' name. Hey, go ahead and keep having coffee. Go ahead and keep just, you know, send a little message every now and then. It ain't working. Because your coffee trips ain't going to knock down gates. And your cute little Bible study ain't going to knock down gates. Jesus has to build this thing strong enough to knock down gates. And if you don't partner with Jesus and the real church, we have no power and authority to knock down those gates and take territory. Our family and friends are going to be lost if we don't get it together and become the real church. Well, maybe there's nobody you're looking to, to take care of, but I am. There's a lot of people I'm, I'm worried for. But we're going to be the real church and we're going to take it back. In Jesus' name. Everybody say, in Jesus' name. Before we close and we pray today, the, there's one more time that the church is mentioned. Before I go there, let me, let me close out that thought. We are building here at AFC a church that Jesus wants to build. And we're not building a guest-friendly church. We're building a Jesus-friendly church. And there's a difference. And that doesn't mean we're going to be mean to guests because that's actually impossible. Because when it's a Jesus-friendly church, it's going to be really friendly. But it's also going to be really honest. And so we want a Jesus-friendly church where Jesus can build this thing so we can not just be friendly, but be on fire and have power and authority. Now, how many, how many of y'all cannot help people because of friendliness? I've been friendly to lots of people. They just spit in your face and move on. Right? The things we're facing, friendliness will not fight. We need anointing and the Holy Ghost to tear down these gates, not a friendly church. And we're going to be friendly. But that spirit trying to attack you, we're coming against it. Sometimes it gets messy. But we're not building here at AFC a friendly, number one, friendly, guest-friendly church. And I want to say that when we say things like, this church is not for me, I want to give you a quote that I think the church, if it could speak, is saying to the guest. When you come to the real church and you don't want it and you leave, I think that the real church is saying to that guest, this guest is not for me. And the truth is, the church does not change. The church is real. And you can't change it. And you can't look for one that fits you. 
You've got to look to fit it. We good? I got to close that point out. People that come to our church are not all going to like it. Don't be mad at them. Don't take it personal, AFC, okay? You're going to invite family and friends. They're going to be like, I'm not, church is not for me. But deep inside your heart, I want you to know this about our church. The church is saying back to those people, no, they're just not ready for the church. Don't take it personal. Don't get mad. Yeah, they'll probably go to a church down the road because like I explained to you, there are party churches where they're also saved. Of course they're going to go there. But we're not going to be worried about that here at AFC because we're going to have the power to take down gates from hell. That is our purpose, number one. Jesus is going to build this church, number two. Not me, not my ideas, not our programs. Jesus' spirit. Number three. This is before the church was even started. This was prophecy. Matthew 18 and 15. Watch this. You can, you can play whatever, sis. I called her. That's weird. She's my wife. She's still my sister. She's my sister and my wife. We're not weird. Come to church. Did he call her his wife earlier and now? Sister, what's going on over there? Bring out the snakes. <laughs> George is not even translating. He's just like, aye, aye, aye. He's like, pray for pastor. He doesn't know what he's doing right now. That's so embarrassing for him. He has to be me whenever I'm messing up. And acting weird. What a humbling experience. You know, can I, can I use that funny part for preaching? If I saw my wife as a sister, and not just my wife, I can do whatever I want, but if I realize she's a child God, that might actually help some of our marriages. Oh, she's my property, or she's his property. Her father, her father said, I got a big shotgun. I'm not talking about Larry Handy. I'm talking about Jehovah. I'm talking about Jesus. Yeah, see, I turned that around. Take notes, Jaden. Turn it around, man. There's no mistakes you can't smooth over in a pulpit. Just everything preaches, bro. This is the second one, all right? Matthew 18 and 15. Before the church was even, even established, this is the second one where Jesus was prophesying for the future of the church. We've learned a lot already, but here's what, before we go any further, Matthew 18, 15, moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. This is about the church, y'all. Okay, now Jesus, is, he didn't have to talk about the church before there was a church. He was trying to lay a foundation for what it would be like. And there's only two times he talks about it. So I really think this is important. This is the foundation of the church. So far we've learned that, that we have power of the devil. We've learned that Jesus is building it, not us. And what's the next thing we're going to learn about the church? That if your brother and you have a problem, go talk to him by yourself. Go talk to him alone. You don't want to embarrass him. So talk to him alone. And if he'll hear you, you've gained your brother. Everything's great. No problems. You don't have to make it a big gossip. You know why it's gossip? Because you won't go talk to people about it. You talk to someone else doesn't have to be like that if you'll just go talk to them what if they're mean to me give them the chance give them the chance 
to be mean to you. Because you're not gonna, it's not going to be over. You can still deal with it. But that's where we should start. Everybody say amen. amen. Y'all go by the Bible? You don't have to if you don't want to go to heaven, but I'm going to go to heaven. Amen? Y'all, this should be in our church culture. This is so basic. I still hear, though, that people don't do it. This is biblical. Jesus said do it. I don't understand how we disobey so much. I don't get it. But look what he's saying. He said, you go to him and you tell him if he hears you, you've gained a brother. Now you're friends. Everything's good because it's like you trusted me to tell me. We're tight. But, I say but, verse 16, if he, will, if he will hear not or if he doesn't listen to you, then take with you one or two more that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. This is not to embarrass them. Get two or three people that maybe that they, they look up to or maybe you guys both look up to and bring them in and that way there's witnesses and that way there's help to resolve the conflict. Not to like grill that person. Not to get three people in, in a chair and them on the other side of the room and go, you're just a devil. You're the devil. We hate you. That's not the purpose. The purpose is those other witnesses are there to help things. And you don't take sides. You're there to be a witness to make sure the brothers get worked out or the sisters. And you get witnesses there. And the job of the witness is not to pick their friend. It's to make sure the Lord is building the church. Let the Lord get involved. So look what he's saying. By the mouth of two or three witnesses that every word may be established, there's truth and there's safety in, in a multitude of agreement. I don't know what to do. Let's get a, get a group of people together and talk about it. Then we'll feel that peace about it, okay? Look what he's teaching. And, and if he refuses to hear him, tell it to the church. There is no church yet. He said, tell it to the church. There is no church yet. This was prophetic. In the future, you'll have a safe place to deal with all your brother and sister issues. Look what he said. He said, but if that guy refuses or that woman refuses to hear the church... Let him be to you like a heathen and a tax collector. He, he might as well not even be a member because he's not acting right. He's choosing to act wrong and go against the church. Look at the power of the church. So here's what's happening. I've got authority over the devil. Jesus is building the church. But here's the third thing. This is so good. It helps my brother. It helps my relationships. You know what the church is? The church is the safest place to mend your relationships. This is the foundation of this thing. This is the foundation of the church. And, and, and how could there be disunity among us? How? Jesus is building it. I've got power over the devil. What's left? Your own pride. Your own selfish pride. We've got everything we need in the church to have good unity with each other. We just got to talk about it. Verse 18, assuredly, I say to you that whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Jesus can work it out if we'll gather together and we'll talk to people with the intention of making things better. Y'all, the church is a safe place. It's a safe place. And we're not really the church if we can't work stuff out with each other. You hear me? We're not the church. Everybody's looking for a place where they can go and be heard. They can talk openly without somebody fighting them and hurting them. You found it. This is the place. 
There should be no fear in this church. No fear to talk to somebody. I'm so scared to talk to them. Why? Do you all have the Holy Ghost? If you're afraid to talk to someone, both of you need to be praying. If you're afraid to talk to me, I need to be praying that I am more open to you that you would trust me. You need to be praying to overcome your fear of pride of maybe getting rejected. But this is the safest place in all the world for us to work out our problems. And we will have problems. I'll talk to you about that Wednesday. We will get offended. But we need this church healthy. Somebody say amen. We need this church strong in Jesus' name. We need to be what Jesus built this thing to be. It's not up to me or you. It's up to him. He said, my church is going to be healthy. We're going to work our problems out. We're not going to have fighting and issues and drama. Not in my church. He said that. He did not say change churches and go down the road. Did he? No. He said stay and work it out. You'll never learn your lesson down the road, down the road, down the road. He said, stay and work it out. Fix it. You know, I'm telling you right now, I'm just going to follow the Holy Ghost. If I knew that this world was about to end and I could die any minute, I wouldn't let the day end before I made things right with a sister or brother. Oh, how bold. What a spirit. That's a nasty spirit. That spirit of pride that says, I'd rather go to hell. I'd rather go to hell. What's wrong with you? Shake yourself. No, you do not want to burn for eternity over one tough talk. Shake yourself. What, you've been watching horror movies? Are you suicidal? What's wrong with you? How are you so desensitized that you can let somebody in this church have a little weird feeling in you and you not before the day is over deal with it? I would dare not lay my head down on my pillow tonight until I did a text or a call and said, we got to work it out. And if we can't, we're calling pastor, and we're going to do this. And he's not going to judge anybody. He's going to tell y'all both to pray and fast. You're both a little right. You need to submit to each other. Is anybody feeling the spirit of the church? Anybody want to be that church? This is that church right here at AFC. We're going to be that church, right? Amen. We're going to be that church in Jesus' name. Let's all stand, lift up our hands to heaven right now. God, help us be the church. Jesus. Can we pray together for a minute? I believe some of the days I'm going to get baptized in Jesus' name and receive the Holy Ghost. Last year, we consistently had people receiving the Holy Ghost. We consistently had baptisms. We're going to keep up with it this year. People are going to get the Holy Ghost and get baptized and get in the church it's going to happen. I believe every weekend somebody can either get baptized in water, the baptistry's ready, or you can get the Holy Ghost baptism and get a new spirit. I believe it's going to happen. Oh, God, we are the church. I'm going to be the church. We are the church. Somebody say, I am the church. Somebody say, I'm in the church. Somebody say, I've got power and authority over Satan. I'm going to let Jesus build it. And I'm going to work it out with my brother and sister. Lift your hands to heaven. Let's worship him together. I'm inviting anyone today who who wants to pray, repent, turn to Jesus, and get in the real church. You found it. I know you might not believe it yet, but I'm telling you, by faith, you found it. 
You felt drawn to come here. You came in, you pulled in, and you haven't stopped coming. It's because God has pulled you into the real church, and we're not perfect, and we need your help. We don't have it all figured out, but you found the real church, and you're drawn in, and I'm, I'm encouraging right now. Why don't you come down today and let us pray with you and turn your heart to Jesus in repentance and give your heart to Him in faith, and you can receive the Holy Ghost before you go home. The Bible says they knew they had the Holy Ghost because they spake in different languages as the Spirit gave them the ability. You can receive the Holy Ghost before you leave and get the Spirit of the Lord in you. You can also get baptized before you go today. You can get baptized and submerged in water in the name of Jesus for the remission of all of your sins. That can happen to you right now. If you're feeling a call to the church and you want to join with the brothers and sisters in the kingdom and have hell-fighting power, then God is reaching to you today and calling to you today. Come on, we're taking authority right now. Every spirit that tries to bind people, I loose you in the name of Jesus from the spirits of hell that try to steal. I bind every spirit right now that tries to come in and attack. Let that spirit be bound and it cannot move in the name of Jesus. We loose right now fear off of anybody who's scared to make a move, scared to repent, scared to come to the front of the church. I loose you in the name of Jesus Christ right now. Let your feet begin to move. Let your tongue begin to move in the name of Jesus. Let your feet get up here to the front. Let the hands go up in the name of Jesus and receive the power of the Holy Ghost right now. We need more than a friendly church. We need a powerful authority over every dark spirit that tries to steal, kill, destroy. I feel the